Well, hello, everyone, and good morning, and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to get started with some music to allow others to get caught up with us and jump on. Um, and that's going to be coming from the Atlanta West Pentecostal Church. And here comes some music for you. We appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for being here today. Appreciate you. Brother Roscoe. Good morning to my lovely bride. <laughs> Amen. Good morning to Sister Pearl. Thank you for being here this morning. Our church audience is growing as we speak. Waiting for you guys online to catch up. Good morning, Mr. Gaines. Good morning, Delia. Thanks for being here. Amen. <laughs> hey, good morning, Jackie. Appreciate you being here. Salute. Appreciate you being here. play. Amen. 
Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Hey, Ronnie, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. is worthy of our praise. Amen. Okay. That was the Atlanta West Pentecostal Church um, doing a performance after winning an award um, for, I guess it was an award show for Verizon's How Sweet the Sound. And so they were an award winner and so they got to perform. And that was, again, the Atlanta West Pentecostal Church. We appreciate uh, the music. Thank you again, uh, Arlen, for the music for this morning. We have a few announcements to make because we have a busy church day coming up. Uh, First and foremost, just want to mention that uh, Pastor Gus is going to be preaching the message here in church. We invite uh, those of you online to stay online with us when we broadcast our church service at approximately 11 o'clock this morning. Uh, it will be available for you to uh, follow along and look at Pastor Gus and his message. And that will be coming up again uh, in uh, a little bit, about 90 minutes or so. So we appreciate you being here for that. Um, later today, there will be a Q&A with the pastors. Uh, that is at 5 o'clock. That is for the uh, in-church only. That is not an online uh, broadcast, but... For those of you who are here with us in church, you're welcome to come back at 5 o'clock for our Q&A session. And we already have uh, questions that have been submitted, and we welcome and invite those who have questions that they would like to have answered during our Q&A session. We have a form in the back of the church that you can fill out and hand in, uh, and we would be happy to assist with that as well, too. Please remember your tithes and offerings. It's very important for us to always consider how we give uh, through worship and pray about that very thing that you're doing as far as contributions are concerned for the church. If you are mailing your tithes or offerings to the church, you would uh, please do so at uh, Akron Alliance Fellowship. The mailing address is 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate you giving that prayerful consideration. And we thank you very much for your contributions. Again, uh, this is the Lord's money. It is the Lord's money to use, and we appreciate you uh, giving it uh, the due that it deserves. Amen? And with that in mind, we can now get back into Sunday school. We're going to continue where we left off last week with uh, John chapter 14. Now, we're going to read through the whole passage again, but pick up where we left off last week. There's plenty of content. We don't, we're, don't, we're not going to be missing anything here whatsoever. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 31. And I want to read through the whole passage again because there's even a point I want to make even for the part we covered last week as we get into this week as well too. Because this week we're going to be talking more about uh, the Holy Spirit and the importance of the Spirit uh, in our uh, matter of having faith and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, we just, again, thank you so much for being here this morning. We don't take it for granted. We appreciate uh, Lisa. Good morning. Thank you for joining us again this morning. Um, We um, don't take it for granted. The fact that there are people here in our midst right here in the church and also those online who do really truly want to hear the Lord speak. And we thank you for that. Let's look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Lord, we thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you now, Lord, for the teaching that comes through the power of the Spirit that we may hear you speak to us now. 
Lord, the words that I use are not my words, but yours. I just want to speak according to your will and what you would have me to say. And I thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you for the teaching and the instruction. I thank you for the sanctification power that you give to each and every one of us. Lord, we want to grow and learn more and more. We don't want to stay still. We don't want to remain stagnant at all. We want to be more and more into who you are and understanding who you are because of what you're trying to tell us. Thank you for building our relationships with you, Lord, individually as and as a group as well, too. We give you praise and thanks for this time that you've given to us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles, electronic devices to John 14. Let's start at verse 15. We'll go through the passage and then pick up where we left off. Um, John 14, verse 15 is where we'll start. And we're going to go through to verse 31. This is, again, about Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit. And this is also about how he's continuing to teach his disciples, of course. Uh, in this process because they are still learning as we are still learning. Amen? Uh, In this whole situation. Let's start with verse 15. This is the New Living Translation. Please follow along in your version. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him, but it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Verse 18. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me since I live. You also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Verse 21. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Verse 22, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Verse 28. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father, who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you, because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me. But I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Okay, that's the passage once again. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 31. I want to emphasize something very, very important as we look at this passage and look at um, the conclusion of this section that we're reading today too. Verse 15 says it very clearly. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love Jesus, you'll do exactly what he would have you to do. His commands are what guide you as far as how you can live your best life in Christ. But if you want to show love for Jesus, rather than just saying arbitrarily, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, at the end of the day, you don't love Jesus if you're not obedient to his word. So we have to emphasize that. And this is, a, frankly, a love commandment for us. If we want to love the Lord, we trust the word that he gives to us. We trust what he says in his word. We believe what he says in his word. And we do what it says in his word. We do it. We follow it. And that is the challenge for every believer today. Because we can decide at any given moment to decide to live for Jesus or live in the flesh. 
And when you live in the flesh, you're making a choice that Jesus' word is much less important. Now, we already recognize that we all sin and fall short of God's glory. Romans 3.23, we understand that. We get that that's what the word says because he knows our character. He knows our hearts. But thankfully, he gives us the provision of going to the cross for our sin. Being resurrected to show that he has victory over death that we have eternal life because of Him. But you have to decide to believe that, don't you? You have to decide that's what's most important for your life. And so when Jesus is speaking to His disciples and teaching them, He's teaching them what their lifestyle needs to be as they go forward and carry on the ministry. You know, at the end of the day, we... We only live for a short time, but the church continues because, guess what? Other people have to carry on the ministry. They have to carry on the truth about what it is to believe and love Jesus. And that has to be passed on, hopefully in your family, generation to generation. You know, my, my children, they know what the truth is. They still have to decide on their own whether or not to live in that truth. Because they were given instruction. You know, they were given instruction when they were very young. They were given instruction. Uh, they came to church here just like any other church. And they know what the word is. They know what it represents. But our kids, our children, have to decide that's what they want to do. And the parents still have to set the example to make sure that they're not contributing to your kids stumbling. Amen. So that's important for us to see. If you love me, obey my commandments. Obey my commandments. Now let's go down to verse 23. We, 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 I'm going to read these two again. We covered these last week, but it leads into the discussion that we're going to get into today. Verse 23. Jesus replied, all who love me do, will do what I say. Now, he is reiterating what he said earlier in verse 15. All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. That's a very clear statement, isn't it? Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. We have to understand something about Jesus, the role of the Holy Spirit, and the Father. They're all in unison. They're all saying the same thing. The message being conveyed by Jesus is the message that God conveys to us. It's the message that God has always conveyed to us. He conveyed that same message to Abraham back in Genesis. Abraham believed in God and it was credited to him for righteousness because he believed in God. He had believed in God. Trusted God. Was willing to follow God. Was willing to trust God even though God was literally going to rip him up out of his own homeland and have him go somewhere else. But he believed God. The same message... Isn't it great how God has never changed his message? He's always been the same. He's always been consistent. He's dealt that same way with other people, the people who were in that we read about in the Old Testament. He dealt with them the exact same way that he deals with us today, although we go through Jesus Christ because Jesus is the one we go through to. He is our intercessor. He is our intercessor. He is the one that goes before the Father, because He made that sacrifice for us, that perfect sacrifice. He is our intercessory. Okay. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. My words are not my own. We need to understand that. Those words that He speaks are not my own. He is really relaying the information of the Father to us. I am telling you, I, what I am telling you is from the Father who sent 
me. And I'm prayerful that you recognize how Jesus is still speaking to us. We have to decide exactly who Jesus is in our hearts, in our minds, in our lifetime, how important he is to us, because that means everything. And we need to understand that in verse 24, he's saying there are people who just don't want to hear a word about Jesus. They're not going to follow him. They're not going to trust in him. They're not going to believe what he says. And that's because in their hearts, in their minds, the flesh is more important. We as believers in Jesus really don't need to be concerned about that. Because even when we sin, we have forgiveness in Jesus. But those who have never trusted Jesus, those who have never believed, those who choose not to believe, you have to choose to not believe. Amen? You have to choose to not believe. And that's a tough thing to swallow sometimes because we have people in our family we have family members. We have people that we love very dearly, that we have concern for, who have decided to live their own way and not follow Jesus. That's tough. So, what's the most important thing that we can do in that situation? We pray for those people. We pray. We pray for our relatives our friends, the people that we know who do not know Jesus and keep them in prayer and lift them in prayer every day. Every day. We sometimes act as believers that we don't have any power over what's going on. Well, there's power in Jesus Christ. We don't have any power on our own, no. We don't have any ability to do anything outside of what we're doing right now. All we can do is pray. But what does it say about prayer? Those who are righteous in prayer, a lot can happen if you stay focused on that prayer. The prayers of the righteous avail much. So stay in prayer. Let's go to verse 25. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. And we need to see that Jesus knows all about us, knows everything about us. He knows we need a helper. He knows we need help. He knows we need the Holy Spirit. How difficult do you think it would be for you as a believer to stay true to the Word without the presence of the Spirit in your life? If there was no Holy Spirit, where do you think you'd be? I know where I would be. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I wouldn't be teaching Sunday school. If it wasn't for the presence of the Spirit to help guide us and lead us and convict us and remind us of how much He loves us, I probably wouldn't be here. I'm just speaking for myself, okay? You don't need to contribute anything to this. But I'm speaking for myself. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the power of the Holy Spirit, the believing in Jesus, the indwelling Holy Spirit has to convict, has to show me how important it is for me to pick up a Bible and open it and read it and study it. And that's the same for you too. You're here because the Spirit is guiding you to do this. This is important to you. This is what you put your focus in. And we need this advocate to remind us about how much Jesus loves us. 
And he's calling the apostles here, the disciples, the apostles, they become apostles, of course, that this advocate is going to help them to take this message of truth to the entire world, to go through the world. The one who spoke up in verse 22, Judas, he's supposed to be the first missionary. He's one of the first missionaries, if not the first. He's taking the word out into a foreign land, into a different place. And, you know, Jesus knows exactly what we need. Amen? He knows that we need this advocate. This advocate is a real person. The Holy Spirit is not just some figment. He's a real person. He's a real person that has the power and ability to indwell each and every believer. And John, who wrote this gospel, who wrote this truth, he, of course, is emboldened and given power as well, too. And Jesus is assuring them in his communication that he is going to teach them all things. The Holy Spirit is teaching us right now. The Holy Spirit is teaching us as we go. Every time you memorize a Bible verse, that's the Spirit teaching you something. Every time that you internalize the Word and live according to what the Word says, that's the Spirit teaching you something. When I use the word sanctification in my prayer this morning, what does it mean to be sanctified? We're growing and learning in the Spirit. We're getting more and more apt to turn to Jesus rather than turn to the world. Sanctification is a growth process. And that's exactly what Jesus is promising to his disciples. And Jesus, when he's speaking to his disciples, everyone is speaking directly to us too. He's telling us the same thing. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to go through stuff in the process. You most certainly will. You most certainly do go through stuff. Amen? We, we have a universal amen. Amen? We recognize that. But that's not what's being promised. We're going to go through stuff. And we need to recognize sometimes that the stuff that we go through is to teach us too to teach us to make good decisions. Because when stuff happens to you, you have to still go towards what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? I wish we could bring that whole statement back. Back in the 70s, 80s, whatever it was. What would Jesus do? That is how we need to always be thinking. And that's when we're going through stuff. And understand something. When we go through stuff, we can internalize that and go through it on our own or we can take it out on everybody else around us too. Well, Jesus doesn't want us to take out on how we're feeling on other people. He wants us to focus on Him and Him alone. Tell Him how you're feeling. Tell Him what's going on in your life. Tell Him that things aren't going the way you would like them to. Lord, my life right now, it just sucks. Help me through this. That's what he wants you to do. That's exactly what he wants you to do. Because that's where you should be directing how you're feeling. What did the psalmists do? What were the psalmists doing in the psalms? They were giving everything to the Lord. Lord, I am going through all kinds of stuff. I'm going through this, this, that, and the other. Lord, I'm depressed. Lift me up. Help me through it. And again, it's because God loves us so much, He is able to show us in His Word all the different things that we can go through as human beings, as individuals, and how He shows us. And that's what we have to recognize here. How much He loves us. I notice we have some connectivity issues hanging there online, those of you who are there. We appreciate you being here nonetheless. 
So, with that in mind, let's move on to verse 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Let's talk about that for a second. We have to understand that this is Jesus reminding the disciples what started out here back at the beginning of this chapter. He's giving final words of comfort to them. He is giving comfort to us as to what's going on. We know that when we look at the world today, we can find it's very hard to find peace. Amen? Very difficult to find peace. Very hard to understand where peace can come from. And when you look at the world today, you look at how there's nothing but stress, strain, strife, conflict. Well, this world can't give peace the way God gives peace through Jesus Christ. Jesus is telling us, don't be troubled, don't be afraid, don't let what's happening in today's world get you off of the focus of what Jesus can do for you. This doesn't mean not, not living in reality. This doesn't mean living as a hermit. That's the last thing we should be doing. We've got to come out of our homes. We still have to talk to people. We can't be afraid of what's going on in the streets. We have to muddle through it. We don't like it, but we still have to muddle through it. And we recognize that the peace that comes from Jesus, there's no comparison to what the world does and what Jesus gives to us. Jesus gives us peace of mind. Peace of mind. Peace of mind comforts us, gives us what we need to sustain us through a very, very difficult time that we're living in. Don't be troubled or afraid. I've said this before. I don't, I don't want to be a broken record about it, but I implore everyone within the sound of my voice to do exactly what I've been saying. Turn off the TV. If you're looking for peace, if you're looking for something to provide comfort, then get into God's Word. If you want to turn on the TV, turn on Dr. David Jeremiah. Turn on someone who speaks truth. You can watch the broadcast of Charles Stanley. He speaks truth. You can watch Dr. Robert Jeffress. Speaks truth. But all that other stuff, hasta la vista. Don't watch that TV. Because you have to understand something. Satan is the author of confusion. Satan wants God's people to be confused. Satan wants God's people to be distracted. He doesn't want us to experience peace. Satan does not want you to experience peace. Satan wants us to stay involved in politics. Politics ain't going to do anything about your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what we have to understand here. The world wants to tell a story that everything is wrong. The world wants to tell a story where things that we learn about in Scripture that are supposed to be wrong are now right. That's what the world wants to tell us. And the things that we believe in are wrong. So what are you going to pay attention to? You're going to pay attention to what Jesus is saying here. The peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. A gift the world cannot give. Because we're in Satan's domain. Of course he can't give it. I found it very interesting how in God's Word we see the peace that comes from the words of Jesus. And there are things that we can look at and see that are peaceful. You know what we can look at and see that's peaceful? 
a rolling river, a brook, when you go to the national park and walk and take in nature, the trees, the grass, the flowers, the wildflowers that grow. All that does is show you what? God's creation. It's peaceful. It's a peaceful thing to experience. We have it right in our midst. But we have to do what? Choose to go. We've got to choose to go to the park. We've got to choose to go to those places that are peaceful. To sit quietly. Take a book with you. Take your Bible with you. And just start reading. You have to choose to do those things. You know, my wife and I, when we were, you know, before, before COVID came, we lived literally right by the national park system. We are not that far away. We're literally within three miles of the park. You know, we had never been before COVID. We had never driven. We had been to a park where she used to live in Bedford. We went there one time. That was the one time that she went. And we wound up going to the park because guess what? There was nothing else to do but to get out and enjoy the park. You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't stay home. you just go stir crazy if you did that. So we got in our car and drove to the park. And a whole new world opened up. Recognizing the peace that God gives to us through His own creation. Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Let's go to verse 28. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. Now, understand something. The disciples knew nothing about what Jesus was saying here. And they were barely getting anything he was saying. But this is just like having a tape recorder. And Jesus is putting the words out there. And even though they didn't realize or understand what was being said, it was there. But it had to be revealed to them. Do you understand that that's exactly how Jesus has to deal with us at times? We sometimes have to read the Word, listen to the Word, see the Word, hear it spoken to us from a pulpit or a preacher. But when it really matters, the Spirit reveals it to us. That is exactly what the Holy Spirit does for us. Because sometimes we just don't get it right away. And that's okay that you don't get it right away. It's important that you at least give it a chance before you dismiss it out of hand. Amen? You give the Word a chance. You understand how important that Word is. But that teaching is ongoing. Because Jesus is telling them, I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. That's when the rubber meets the road. That's when you're going to see God working. When things happen, you trust the Word, you believe what He's saying right then and there. Like, man, that's right. That's exactly what Jesus told me. And here it is right in front of me. That is how the Spirit, the indwelling Spirit, teaches us. Because we have to sometimes see evidence of what Jesus is doing for us to really believe. He knows that. He knows that you need that. You need to see evidence. You need to see proof. How does He know that this? He, he made us this way? He made us this way. This is who we are. He knows the heart of every person. He knows that person who is going to really trust and believe in Him. And he's going to give that person what they need. And may we always remember that. It's very easy to sometimes forget about what Jesus is doing in our lives. But he reminds us. He'll never leave us, nor forsake us. He loves us. He wants us to understand how much he loves us. He loves us more than we could ever even put into words. The love we talk about, you know, we, we talk about the, the different, the four different phases of love, filio and all that stuff. And 
won't get into all that. Jesus loves us with an agape love, a love that we cannot quantify. But that is how he wants us to love others as well, too. That's what we have to recognize here. That's how he wants us to love all of humanity. He wants us to love those who hate us. He wants us to love those who would spit on us. He wants us to love those individuals who don't know any better. When Jesus went to the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. But that's how he wants us to love them as well. Here's the thing. For those people who don't love us, who hate us, it's a choice that they make. But we don't ever stop praying for them. The flesh will tell you, I'm not praying for so-and-so. That person hates my guts. I'm not praying for this person. This person would have me dead. Jesus calls us to draw upon agape love, even for those who hate us. Always remember that. Because I know in my mind sometimes I'll say, no, this person is not worth my time to spend trying to understand or reason with somebody like that. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the effort. Well, that's my flesh talking. That's not Jesus talking. See, I'll put myself out there and, and save you guys the grief, okay? You don't have to worry about putting yourself out there. You have to recognize you can be fleshly when you choose to be fleshly. And I will just put, take the bullet for you and I'll say, look, I can be fleshly too. And I'm a pastor. Because, guess what? I'm a human being just like you. So I have to draw upon the Spirit to make sure that that fleshliness is put away and believe and trust in what Jesus is saying. And that's important for us to recognize here. When Jesus is speaking to his disciples, he's telling them he's going to go away because of the wonderful blessings that are becoming, will be coming to them. He's going back to the Father. He's going back to see the Father and be with the Father. But he is sending the Comforter, the Advocate, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And the disciples don't understand what that means. They will understand it. We have the benefit of seeing what Jesus has already done on the cross. They didn't have that benefit yet. We already know what Jesus has done on the cross. We already know what we have. We have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is present. Holy Spirit's always been present. Holy Spirit moved about that we read about in the Old Testament. The Spirit empowered someone. But now we have the indwelling Spirit. Jesus promises the indwelling Spirit for those who believe in Him. How often do we rely upon the Spirit? How often do we draw upon the Spirit? You have to consciously draw upon the Spirit. Consciously draw upon the Spirit. Even though He's indwelling, you can quench the Spirit. It's just like a light switch. You can turn on the Spirit. You can turn off the Spirit. Spirit's still there. The light source is still there. But you have to decide you want the light source. You can turn it off too. I think that's the first time I've ever used a light bulb analogy of the Holy Spirit. Haven't ever used that before. But that's exactly what you can do. You can turn off the Spirit and decide to go your own way and live your own way. And remember, when Judas, not Judas Iscariot, was asking the question, the expectation was that Jesus was going to come to Jerusalem and take over and be king. He was going to be a king. That's what all of them expected. That's what all of them were anticipating. Jesus is giving them a clear picture that's not going to happen. 
It's not going to happen the way they think it's going to happen. It's going to happen according to Jesus' terms. And Jesus is going to be glorified because he's being obedient to the Father. Let's look at verses 30 and 31 again. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's get going. Now, what is Jesus talking about? Of course, a future message is coming from this too, by the way, in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus has the encounter with, the, with Satan, with the devil. And about how even though Satan knows he's not more powerful than Jesus, he's arrogant enough to keep trying. Arrogance, there's that word. Arrogance means you're just going to keep doing stuff. It doesn't really matter what the outcome is. And Satan's going to keep doing that because that's... We have to always remember something about Satan. This is very important for us to understand. It's a hard truth, but it's a truth. Satan is only as powerful as what Jesus or God allows him to do. He's not more powerful. And we can say, Satan, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And he will have to leave you alone. Because God's word is more powerful. All Satan can do, like he tried to do in Matthew chapter 4, is take scripture and misuse it. And unfortunately, we as believers, we have to be careful, we don't do the same thing. We don't use Scripture for our benefit to get to do something fleshly. Satan doesn't have any special tricks. Satan doesn't have any power over us. If we obey Jesus and align ourselves closely with God's purposes, he can't have any power. Satan can't have any power over us. It's impossible. Now, Jesus is preparing his disciples. They were getting ready to leave the upper room after this last supper. He was giving them information. And just like anything else, sometimes the Lord sends us out with information, but we don't quite know how to react to what's going on next. That's been life from day to day, hasn't it? Every day is different. Every day has been an adventure, amen? An adventure for sure. For many of us this year has been nothing short of a whirlwind. Things have been happening very quickly. But we have to decide, even as we recognize things have been happening quickly, where are we in our relationship with Jesus? Because even though things are happening quickly, it's not getting ahead of Jesus. And he's not running behind. He's right there with you. So when he tells the disciples, come, let's get going, guess what we need to do? Let's get going. Let's keep it moving. Let's stay after what we're called to do. We're called to do what? Go into the world and speak the truth about Jesus Christ. We're called not just to fellowship like we're doing today, because this is wonderful fellowship. Amen? This is what reinforces you to get to do what? To go out. Let's get going. That's exactly what the Word compels us to do because we love Jesus. He loves us. And as we love Jesus, what do we do? We be obedient we remain obedient to His Word. We stay focused on His Word. Are you reading the Bible every day? Are you in the Word every day? Really, you have to be in the Word every day. Because you need it. Every day you need it. And amen. We have to go out into the world and speak truth. So you've got to be in the Word every day if you're going to go be able to speak truth. Jesus has to speak to you through His Word.
And yeah, He can speak to you through His Word, through Proverbs, reading the Psalms, reading in Mark, reading in the book of Judges. If you're on the two-year plan, you'd see those passages, a series of those passages. You learn about what to do, what not to do, and you learn about what you should do. And God is teaching us through His Word every day. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for Your presence today. We are thankful for the reminders that You have indeed sent us an advocate, a teacher. We thank You for Your presence, Lord, through the Spirit. We thank You for how You enlighten us every time we open Your Bible, every time we look at Your Word. You remind us of how important it is for us. Lord, may we put away those things of the world that take the focus off of you. And Lord, we pray for those individuals who out and out despise you. We lift them up to you, Lord. You know the hearts of those persons. You can change those hearts. And Lord, sometimes we have to plead for those that we know who don't walk with you because we do care about them as you care about them as well too. Lord, may we have hearts and minds of thankfulness for all that you've done for us, for how you were obedient to the Father and lived according to what the Father told you to do. Because you did those very things, we have eternal life. We thank you, Lord. Bless us and keep us now. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me for today's edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Stay tuned online for more content, including our live church service later on at about 11 o'clock. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. And we will see you next time.